This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, but it's not about it's not about the goals and it's not about the finish line. It's a, it's about the journey. And I believe what God has shown us from the top of the mountain is one day our church is going to get there. If if we keep walking on these six roads, one day we'll get there. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast from Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and today Pastor Christian and I will be having a conversation about his most recent message from Sunday morning. We've been in a series called Foundations, Why You Can Trust the Bible, but Pastor Christian took a quick break from the series to share a message entitled Chasing the Vision. In this message, Pastor Christian shared uh, the 25-year vision plan of Journey Church International. But before we jump into the conversation, I wanted to take a moment to remind you to help us get the word out about Activate. Our audience continues to grow, and it's because you are sharing this resource with your friends and your family. So thank you. And if you haven't done so, I'd love to encourage you to rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Um, This is just another way to spread the word about this incredible resource. Um, Pastor Christian, with all that aside, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be here. We had a uh, we had a great one last week as we've dug into these foundation series to be able to just take more time to dialogue about why we believe the Bible is true. I'm excited about this series and the reach that this series and podcast have been having. So on Sunday, you shared an extremely important message on the 25-year vision plan for Journey. Uh, A quick question for you, Pastor Christian. Why is having a vision, more specifically a vision plan, so important for your church? Yeah, so I would would say first for the individuals listening to the podcast. Um, we, we had a, we had a sign hanging in our locker room at Liberty university when I played football there in college that said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So I, I think for a person, uh, you know, I think every individual ought to have a vision plan for their life. And, and I believe the vision plan, like, like we studied this week in Exodus 33, I, you know, I believe it comes from above. I believe vision comes from above. And I believe every person ought to be asking, uh, not what is my vision for my life, but what is God's vision for my life? And how do I pursue that? And we were able in this week's message to really walk through the six things uh, that are God's vision for every Christian, for every person who follows Jesus. Uh, God has a vision for you to grow spiritually. God has a vision for you to live generously. God has a vision for you to see and meet needs that you're aware of in your community. God has a vision for you to go to the nations and share the gospel. God has a vision for you to share Jesus simply by existing, not as a strategy, but as a reality. You have to let your light shine. And then God has a vision for you for multiplication. You have to reproduce your faith in someone else and teach them how to do that. So, you know, I I would say, why is it important for for a church to have a vision? For all of those reasons, uh, but very specifically, you know, several years ago, um, I was at an event where John Maxwell spoke. Uh, and often, as you do when you're in, you're in your 20s, you're the guy who drives people around. You're the guy who gets bottled water. You're the guy who makes sure the food is there. And I, I was that guy, right? Like the keep the office stocked guy. But John Maxwell was best friends with my pastor growing up. Um, John Maxwell's from a very small town uh, in kind of central Ohio where I was from. So every year when I was growing up, we'd have John Maxwell Day at our church, our church of a couple hundred people. I didn't know John Maxwell was John Maxwell. He was just Pastor David's friend who came and preached 
once a year. So I had had a little bit of interaction with him. I, I played high school football against the school where he played high school football. So when I walked into the office, uh, you know, to bring the water, but then said, Hey, you don't know me, but I went to church and pastor David, all of a sudden it was like, sit down. You're like, you're, you're now part of the green room. Hang out with us because we're, we're the same. We grew up in rural Southern Ohio, playing football at small schools on on Friday nights. And I got to I got to hear a part of his conversation with some of the pastors who were in the room. And I remember him having a conversation with a pastor talking specifically about how the most dangerous place for a church to be uh, is to be a church of 2000 people. Because he said, when you when you become a church of about 2,000 people, which we are, between those who are with us and those who are engaged live online on Sundays, um, he's, you know, he said, when you become a church of 2,000, you have enough people and resources to do about anything. But if you do everything, you're not going to do nothing. Um, and I remember him saying, it's most important when when you begin to find yourself as a church with enough people and resources to do anything it's most important that you only do a few things and you do them well or you won't accomplish anything so for us to be able to step back where our church is and say okay here was the vision when we had nobody and that vision remains the same when when we have several somebodies um i think it's just going to allow us to be impactful in those small areas that every Christian is called to in the New Testament. That's so good. What I loved about your message and the the new vision plan, it's it is a plan. In other words, it's one thing to have a dream and have a vision, but I think we have actual uh we actually have good uh benchmarks that we hope to achieve and and it's a definite plan, right? Yeah, we've we've got history in the past. This says we're moving in the right direction and we've got measurements in the future. That'll that'll tell us whether or not we're getting there. The biblical backdrop to your message was the life of Moses found in the book of Exodus. Um, as you look at the life of Moses, there was there is no doubt God was raising him up for a very specific purpose. Uh, God had a specific vision for the nation of Israel, and he had a specific vision for Moses to be a part of that. Pastor Christian, can you take a moment and talk about the journey Moses experienced before before he finally embraced the vision that God had in store for him? Yeah, so you know, I I, I cut half of this week's message out, right? And you, I mean, you 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 saw you saw the hour long message that had to be condensed to half. And and what I cut cut out was this backstory on the life of Moses. So we see four real distinct glimpses of the life of Moses in Scripture. Um, we see his birth, 10 verses, only 10 verses devoted to his birth, but we know a lot about it, right? He got put in the water. The, the name Moses means drawn out of water. Um, so, you know, he's rescued by, by Pharaoh's daughter. He was, he was raised in the, in the palace of Egypt. Um, so we see Moses at his birth. The second glimpse we see is Moses at 40. There are 12 verses devoted to a day in the life of Moses at 40, like like just 12. Um, and we see this little snippet of his life. Then there are all of these years from 80, burning bush to death. There's, I mean, dozens, if not hundreds of chapters of scriptures devoted to Moses' life between 80 and 120. And then our fourth glimpse is Moses at the age of 120 dying on Mount Nebo and going home after his life of leadership. Everyone knows about the birth. Many people know about the ministry. A lot of people know about the death. But these 12 verses, a day in the life at 40, show a passionate Moses who is not chasing the vision. He's filled with passion, but he's not chasing the vision. And the question I asked that I, that I got, that I had to pull out of the message, all the content was, are you, are you running through life or are you chasing the vision? Like, are you, are you just making it one day at a time 
Or every day are you getting up and chasing the vision that God has called you to? So watch this. Moses at 40, as a Hebrew who's been raised by Egyptians, uh, looks out on the Hebrew people. He sees them being enslaved. He sees them mistreated. And God whispers in his heart, I don't want my people treated that way. And because he's not ready to stop and hear the whole vision yet, because he's not willing to stop and get alone with God, he thinks, well, I'll rescue him. And he kills the Egyptian um, who's 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 beating the Hebrew and he buries him in the sand like a mobster. I mean, like he kills him and buries him. And then he had to look around and think, what's my like, what's my plan here? Am I just am I going to kill them all one at a time? And what had happened is Moses had received the first bit of the call to rescue the people of Israel. But he found himself instead killing Egyptians. And the message I took out of the question, the, the question I took out of the message was, as you look at your life every week, are you killing Egyptians or are you rescuing the Israelites? Are you killing Egyptians or are you rescuing the Israelites? Because they feel the same. But one is a rushed decision that has nothing to do with what God is calling you to do. And another takes time to hear from God, be with God, learn from God, trust in God. And so many people are running through life. They're just reacting. God's, God's whispered a passion into their heart, but they don't take enough time to get alone with God, to know him, to know his ways, to know his purposes, to know his methods, to know his timing, that they're just one at a time. They're, they're just going to kill all the Egyptians if that's what it takes. When the reality is God's plan had very little to do with Egypt. It had everything to do with Israel. And a lot of times we spend too much time killing Egyptians rather than rescuing Israelites because we're just running through life one day at a time, instead of getting on the mountain alone with God and saying, God, show me your vision for my life. So that's the background that we, that we've got to see this message of Moses finally stopping to say, okay, God, 41 years later, God, for 41 years, I've wanted to help the people of Israel. I don't know what to do. Tell me the way you want me to do it. Help me see your vision for these people and I'll do it. But you got to slow down to hear vision. And that was the whole focus of this week's message. Let's slow down enough to get up on the mountain to make sure we still see the destination and then come back down and follow the route God's giving us. Let's not waste all our time killing Egyptians when that doesn't accomplish anything. Let's 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 pursue the promise. Let's rescue the people of Israel. You know, not not just live moment by moment reacting in passion but not having a plan. So you mentioned Moses was running through life. When you talk about running through life, I think you identify about 99% of the people listening to this yeah. podcast right now. We all feel like uh, we're trying to just survive and not not thrive. No doubt. Right? Yeah, no doubt. So as you look at the life of Moses, do you see any parallels between his life and your personal journey outside of the killing Egyptians part? <laughs> yeah, I've I've not killed anyone and buried the body recently or ever. Um, <laughs> I might add for those of you who, who are wondering. Um, but yeah, so I, I took this part of the message out as well because I just didn't have any time. Uh, on February, uh, February, February 19th this year, uh, I was in a 40-day season of prayer. I was on day 23, uh, and I was I was praying and asked God to give me wisdom because we were getting ready to start a building campaign. Uh, we were going to, on Easter Sunday, announce this building campaign, and we were going to launch into, tr- you know, trying to— um, trying to build a building like like this fall because we just didn't have any seats we, we have more people than seats we always have more people than building um but we really we were building a building because we needed more seats not because we were focused on the vision and the vision's people i mean i get it but as i prayed on on february 19th and said god just speak to my heart about how this how this campaign is supposed to come together i felt like god said it's not I'm not ready. This is not my timing. 
Um, and, and as I kind of processed what I, what I heard is just stop. It's not time. Um, I reached out to some pastors. I reached out to mentors and just said, man, help me understand what's missing in my process. You know, I, I had made a decision in January. Um, we're, we're going to build a building, but I never do anything without praying about it for 40 days. So like on day 23, I'm expecting to be closer to building a building than further. And God says, stop. So I said, what's the deal? And they said, are you building this through the lens of your long-term vision or through today's need? And I said, we are building this building in reaction to today's need. We just need more seats. And they said, stop, go back up on the mountain, look again at the 25-year vision and build what the 25-year vision needs. Or you're all, you're going to find yourself with this mismatched phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase eight, one day, instead of building what's needed for the 25-year vision and then, fi- and then figuring out how to move into that. So we took six months and we quit running through life and we tried to start chasing the vision again. And God really through that process allowed us to identify some of the key mile markers of our 25-year vision like the Journey Bible Institute, like our ministry school, um, like adopting a part of the urban core of Kansas City, like perhaps being able to give away $20 million uh, by 2045 in global missions and community impact and church planning causes. All of those things came out of going back up on the mountain and say, let's not, let's not meet tomorrow's need. Let's chase the long-term vision. And on the way to doing that, we'll, we'll meet every need that comes every day. So let's spend a few minutes specifically talking about your 25-year vision plan for Journey. And I say yours. It's, it's really ours. It's ours. And I believe exciting days are ahead at, at JCI. But what I loved about the plan was this echoing throughout this message, throughout this plan, that we need to leave a legacy. We need to leave a legacy. Why is it important for you at this stage of the church now going into its ninth year of ministry that we begin to look at legacy? I mean, you would think it's only nine years old. Uh, let's just think about 10th year. But you're, you're thinking about legacy, leaving it for the next generation. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that I, would, that I would leave the word, use the word legacy as much. I mean, I, I, now that I hear you say it. Legacy seems to be about us. Remember this about us. I, so I don't, I don't know that it's that we want to leave a legacy as much as as we as we want to leave a launch pad for the next generation. I, I don't know that we want to leave a legacy to be remembered by as much as we do as a as a resource to be continued by. Um, so so for us, it's real important. We always think about the generation of ministry after we leave. There are very few days of my life where I don't think about the next pastor of our church. And it's not because I want to resign, um, but there are very few days where, where I don't think about generation two and who will be leading and how they will lead and how we make sure they're headed the same direction and how, how they're able to get up on the mountain. Uh, and for us, what we, what we want to do is we want to build and equip basically a spiritual nest egg, a ministry nest egg for the next generation so that when we hand it off, they're ready, they're prepared, they're equipped, they're resourced. Um, basically, I am, I am trying to live my entire ministry life at Journey to prepare our church for the next generation so that we can be like Joshua, who during his lifetime, they live for God. And even after his lifetime, for a generation, they live for God. 
And then that generation dropped it. But I'm not responsible for them. I'm only responsible for me, my kids, and, and my grandkids. I, I, I'd like to get two generations of faithfulness out of our church. So what we're trying to do is live, live for tomorrow, live for the future, live for the next generation, set them up for unbelievable success in a season where it's going to be harder to do church than it is now. We just we want to get them ready. And we want to use our platform now to start dozens of churches and send hundreds of missionaries um, out while we while we are on watch. We want to perform all the ministry that the New Testament tells us to. Our 25 year vision plan remains deeply rooted and connected to our five core beliefs at, at, at JCI. This is really our DNA. This is who we are. But on Sunday, you mentioned a sixth perhaps core belief, a new core belief. It's multiplication. And that's my question. Is this a new core belief that we're going to be adding? And can you talk about the significance of multiplication? Yeah, so it's newly stated. Um, it's it's one that we've always had. We've just never said it. Uh, and I think by stating it, uh, one, we raise the importance of it, right? I mean, it's not real at our church till it hangs on a wall. So we got we to gotta get a board and put it on the wall. Uh, but I, But I think the thought is, you know, Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy two two. Listen, whatever you've learned from me, and trust a reliable men who will also be able to teach others. He basically told Timothy, uh, just as as Peter told the people he was writing to in the book of Second Peter. Listen, I'm getting ready to leave. You you have to carry now my ministry. And Paul told Timothy, um, carry my ministry and and give it to others who will carry it after you. If we don't multiply, if we don't keep hand in the baton, at some point the road ends. And, and it's our job. We've been handed the baton. My, my ministry leadership at this church is because of all the people that have multiplied their faith in me. I run with a baton I, that I did not create, but I was handed. Um, and, and they didn't just hand me a baton. They made me a nice track, and they gave me a great pair of track spikes, and they, they, they kept me hydrated along the way. I mean, I had a lot of people help me run my race. And what we want to do is, at our church is, is we want to continue to multiply ourselves in every area that we can because there are more people at our church who need to know God, be transformed, find their purpose, make a difference. And they can't do that if there's no multiplication built in. So we need, we need more campuses, not so we can draw more people, but so that we can mobilize more people. We need to plant more churches, not so there are more churches with our name or another name on them, but so there are more places for Christians to serve. Multiplication is all about mobilizing and equipping the people of God, not so they can serve, but so that they can grow. Because Ephesians 4 says you don't really grow into your full maturity until you are serving in your place in the body of Christ. So multiplication for us is not just for the next generation. It's not just because of the past generation, but it is opportunity person after person to continue to run more people out on the field uh, so that they can so that they can play spiritually, so they can grow spiritually, so they can make a difference spiritually, so they can ultimately be fulfilled spiritually. I'm looking at these these dreams that we have for the next 25 years at Journey here. Let me just name some of them. The Journey Bible Institute, $20 million invested in church planning, community impact, and global missions, launching community transformation prog- projects, 10 global church plants, and 500 missionaries raised up and sent out, a Journey Ministry School teaching and releasing men and women for ministry. As I look at these, if I just speak candidly, if we just accomplish one of these in the next 25 years, I'd say that's a win. But accomplish all six of these, that would be unbelievable. 
So what would you say to the individual who might be thinking today, Pastor Christian, this is a great plan, and these are all great goals and great dreams, but how do you ever anticipate accomplishing all of these? Yeah, so I don't. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I, I think I would say it this way. I don't plan to accomplish any of these goals. I don't even see them as as um, goals that I'm trying to accomplish. My prayer is is that they are goals that we arrive at, not that we accomplish. Because my I'm not focused on giving away twenty million dollars. I'm not focused on building a Journey Bible Institute. I'm not focused on building a Journey School of Ministry. I am focused on growing people spiritually, growing people's generosity, growing their their awareness and their action in community impact, growing their awareness and action in global impact, um, growing their desire to share Jesus, and just making sure everyone's passionate about multiplication. My belief is is that if I will arrive at those things every day in my own life, if I will focus on growing, giving, um, going, making an impact in my community, letting people know that I love Jesus and multiplying myself and what God's doing to me. If I just, if I just focus on doing those six things, I hope to arrive at our goals, but it's not about, it's not about the goals and it's not about the finish line. It's a, it's about the journey. And I believe what God has shown us from the top of the mountain is one day our church is going to get there. If, if we keep walking on these six roads, one day we'll get there. In my generation, I don't know, um, 25 years, 50 years, I don't know. We, you know, we, we, may fall, we may fall short. Jesus may come back before we get there. The next generation of our church may, may change direction. Uh, Lord willing, we hope not. We hope we have a, a, such a great elder system uh, in place that that doesn't happen. But these are not goals I'm trying to accomplish. These are goals I'm, I'm hoping to arrive at by being faithful in little things every day. My goals are spiritual growth, generosity, community impact, global impact, sharing Jesus, multiplication. Those are the goals that I hope to accomplish. I think if I accomplish those, we have a chance as a church um, to arrive, to arrive at the big ones. And when we get there, say, wow, this is uh, this is where we've been walking the, the whole time. We're here. Um, and this is, I guess, just lap one. Let's let's figure out where we'll arrive if we keep accomplishing these small goals one one day at a time. Well, let's make this personal for the podcast listeners today. A vision plan is so important for organizations and companies and churches, but it's, as you mentioned earlier, it's so important for individuals and families as well. How can we develop a vision plan for our individual lives or even better for our families? Are there practical steps that we can follow in order to develop a personal vision plan? Yeah. So, I mean, Brandon, there there are for me, there are for my family, uh, and they're the six we listed in our message. I mean, I, I ask people throughout the message, rate yourself in these areas. Um, I, I would say if you rated yourself a seven, figure out a plan to get to eight. If you rated yourself a four, figure out a plan to get to five. If you were to ask me after hearing this message, hey, I want to create a plan for my life. What do I do? I would say go back to spiritual growth and, and get a plan to gain a point. Uh, go back to generosity. Get a plan to gain a point. Go back to community impact. Get a plan to gain a point. Go back to global impact. Get a plan to gain a point. Go back to sharing Jesus get a plan to gain a point, go back to multiplication, get a plan to gain a point. And if you will do all those six things, you will have a vision plan for your life that has you living the life of a New Testament Christian that Jesus calls us to live. Loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, going to all the world to teach them about Jesus, baptize them in his name, um, commanding them to do everything that he told them to do, and living out the great compassion of seeing 
um, enacting on the needs of people that you have around. They say, I, I need a vision plan for my life. Go to these six areas and take one step in all of them. Follow that plan for a year. You will become more like the person Jesus created you to be. Well, so good, Pastor Christian. And I'm grateful for the vision God has given you and the courage to try and make it a reality. And I really do believe this. I said it earlier, our best days are still ahead at Journey. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. The very fact that you are using this resource is a perfect example of how God can give give us vision of what does not exist and the courage and the resources to help make it a reality. This podcast was an idea, a vision in January of 2017, and now 100 plus episodes later and 93,000 downloads later, a vision is a reality. So thank you for playing a role in the realization of this vision. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.